You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. You know, our Christian lifestyle should be predictable. People should be able to predict what our response will be, what our conversation will center on. People should be able to predict where we will be on Sunday mornings, what our priorities are. We should leave no questions or doubt about our ideals, our values, and behavior. Predictable. It might not be a word that you would choose to use to describe yourself. However, in today's teaching from Luke chapter 22, Pastor Dion suggests that being predictable is actually a positive character trait that was modeled by Jesus. He teaches that Jesus was dependable, that people knew what to expect of him, and knew what he stood for. Pastor Dion suggests that you should strive to live in the same way, with integrity and transparency, letting your values shape your life. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 22, with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 22 as we continue our journey through the Gospel of Luke, coming down to the conclusion or the end of Jesus' life and ministry. Where we are in the story, Jesus has had His last supper with the disciples. And after the last supper, Jesus led His disciples to the Garden of, and everybody say the name, the Garden of what? Gethsemane. And Gethsemane, guys, was an olive tree orchard that was outside the city of Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives. And olives were not only grown in Gethsemane, in this olive tree orchard, but they were also pressed for their oil. Plate after plate of weights would be stacked on baskets of olives until the seeds cracked and the oil runs out. That would take place at Gethsemane. But on this night, this night that we're talking about, on this night, olives weren't the only things being pressed to the breaking point. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the devil was pressuring Jesus to abandon his mission. The devil was pressuring Jesus to bail on saving us by sacrifice. The devil was trying to get Jesus to reconsider his mission that he came for us. See, the devil is great at the power of suggestion. Fiery darts of fear and doubt and anxiety and confusion. And the devil unloaded his arsenal on Jesus that night in the Garden of Gethsemane. He told Jesus things like, Everyone's going to abandon you. Your friends, your followers, even your heavenly Father is going to abandon you. The devil might have said, and because of that, all your life and ministry will be for nothing. He might have prodded Jesus saying, do you think this plan of salvation is really going to work? Save yourself the pain and the embarrassment of failure. 
Jesus fought those temptations to quit with every fiber of His being to the point of sweating great drops of blood. The devil threw everything at Him that Jesus would consider quitting. But Jesus fought every one of those temptations with every fiber of His being. And in that wrestling, Jesus cried out to the Father in desperate prayer, I need help, direction, assurance. And in that moment of prayer, everything became crystal clear. And Jesus surrendered to the will of God. Here's what He said, Not my will, but yours be done. During that temptation and the enemy throwing darts of fear, fiery arrows of fear and doubt and anxiety and pressure, Jesus was a little confused. He was feeling the pressure. The pressure to quit. Father, if it's Your will, let this cup pass from Me. But then He cries out, Lord, Father, help! And then it became crystal clear. Everything came back into perspective. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to tap out. Lord, not my will, but Yours be done. Give the Lord Jesus an applause right there. Give Him a cheer. Yeah, Jesus! Yeah! Listen, the Bible tells us to do the same. To fight those temptations. To go to the Father and find that assurance. In fact, Hebrews 4.16, here are the verses. It says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And then here's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for the answers. If you do this, read this out loud with me, you will experience God's peace that's far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ. Isn't that cool, guys? When under the assault of the enemy, if we will go to the Father, He will encourage and strengthen us to accomplish His will. That's just the fact of the matter. Jesus did it. He modeled it for us. If we do it, even when we're under attack from the enemy, if we'll go to the Father, He will encourage and strengthen us to accomplish His will. Now, after drawing near to God in prayer, Jesus was now ready for what was coming. He was in the garden. The devil pressured him. He was tempted to quit. But he goes to the Father and then becomes decisive and peace like a river began to flow. And now he's ready for what is coming. But Peter, on the other hand, everybody say, but Peter. But Peter, on the other hand, he wasn't ready for what was coming. In fact, let's read the passage. 
And while Jesus was still speaking, behold, a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Then those around him saw what was going to happen. And they said to Jesus, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? And one of them, Peter, struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, Permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and the elders who had come to him, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. So Jesus descended the upper room, goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, was pressured unbelievably beyond human capabilities to quit, to bail out on his mission from God. But Jesus prays and cries out to the Father. He finds the resolve, the encouragement from God. And he says, not my will, but yours be done. And then listen, just as he finishes with that, Judas shows up. Judas the betrayer showed up in the garden with a mob of religious leaders and armed soldiers. Judas knew Jesus would be there that night. Not because Judas is a psychic, but because Jesus, it was his custom. Whenever he was in Jerusalem, he would spend the evenings in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Judas knew this. Every time Jesus came to Jerusalem in the evenings, they would go to the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus would share devotions and prayer there with His disciples. It was a quiet place from the bustling city to come out and sit with His disciples and talk about God's Word and talk about the things that were to happen and Jesus would impress them with teachings and they would pray. And it was his custom every time. So that's how Judas knew where to find him. Jesus was, and here's the word. Everybody said out loud, what? Predictable. Say it again, what? Predictable. You know, our Christian lifestyle should be predictable. People should be able to predict what our response will be. What our conversation will center on. People should be able to predict where we will be on Sunday mornings, what our priorities are. We should leave no questions or doubt about our ideals, our values, and behaviors. We should, here's the idea, everybody say it out loud, we should what? Be like Jesus, love like Jesus, live like Jesus. We should what? Be in fact, look at your neighbor and tell them, be predictable. Look at them and tell them that. You have to. Now, Judas had arranged to identify Jesus to the authorities by greeting him with a kiss. Greeting kisses in the Middle East are a sign of respect. Not emotion, but respect. But in the original Greek manuscripts of this passage, Judas' kiss smirked with emotion. 
He did it. He kissed Jesus with a gleam in his eye, with a terminator kind of intent. Hasta la vista, baby. Everybody say, shh. Go ahead. Make that sound. Shh. Get a little angry. That betrayal was enough to boil anyone's blood. Can you imagine? This guy comes over after getting together with the chief priest before, selling Jesus out, telling him, I'll tell you where he's going to be. And then they say, well, hey, listen, you're going to need to identify him. It's going to be dark. I don't want the soldiers missing him. We don't want him to fall through the cracks. You're going to have to identify him. Okay, I'll identify him with a kiss. And he shows up and he kisses Jesus, but it's just not just a greeting kiss. It's a kiss that's wet with deceit. It's a kiss that says, hasta la vista, baby. It'll boil your blood. Anybody's blood. So imagine Peter. Everybody say Peter. Peter ran hot always. Peter had a short temper. So when Judas showed up and kissed him, as they say around here, for Peter, se lo fueron la cabra. You know, thing. I mean, interpretation, Peter went ballistic. You know how it is. Huh? You know how it is. Charlie isn't the only one. You know how it is. You know, you sit here all cool and collected, but you know the raging monster that lurks inside. Right? Huh? Huh? Everybody say, ooey. Look at your neighbor and say, put it on a leash. Look at your neighbor and say, put him on a leash. Here's why we should put him on a leash. This is what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us people who fly into a rage always make a bad landing. That's not what the Bible says, but it's close. Here we go. Here are a couple of verses. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 29. People with understanding control their anger, but a hot temper shows great foolishness. Here's the next one, James 1.20. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I mean, just say, ouch. Alright, so... Peter, when Judas showed up, that'd make anybody's blood boil. And Peter went ballistic. Peter shouted right then, Que viva Jesus! Long live Jesus! And he pulled out his concealed dagger and his intent was on defending Jesus. But wait a minute. Look at your neighbor and say, pump the brakes on that. Pump the brakes, Peter. Wait a minute. Wasn't betrayal arrest, torture, and death, Jesus' destiny? Wasn't that the reason Jesus came? Everybody said, what? Yes! And everything was going according to God's sovereign plan. The only one not following the sheet music was Peter. Peter was out of sync with God's will because... Here's the answer. Everybody say it out loud. If you have kids, you know what that looks like. You see, Jesus had revealed multiple times that he would be betrayed, arrested, tortured, and crucified. 
But as they say here in northern New Mexico, they say Peter didn't put attention. He didn't, he didn't put attention. I mean, his body was there, but his mind was out to lunch. So because of that, just look at your neighbor and say, put attention, dude. Go ahead and tell put attention. Listen, God reveals His plans and purposes for us through His Word and through His Spirit. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. And then there's 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. Read that with me. This is what Scripture means when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no man has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Everybody? But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. So the Word of God instructs us, and the Holy Spirit inspires us, but if we don't listen, we won't know God's will. And as a result, we will be uncertain, we will be confused, we will be insecure, and we will be faithless. And that drives us to make crummy choices, dumb decisions, and major mistakes. I'm going to say that again because it's important. Here we go. The Word of God instructs us. The Holy Spirit inspires us. But if we don't listen, we won't know God's will. And if we don't know God's will, we will be uncertain, confused, insecure, and faithless in our lives. And then that drives us to make crummy choices, dumb decisions, and major mistakes. Here's what we'll do. We will default to the old settings. We will resort to our old daggers, like profanity, and anger, and revenge, and lust, and liquor, and lying. We will swing our daggers. People get hurt. And then we end up becoming the villain. All because we wouldn't listen to God's Word and the voice of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been there? Huh? No, don't raise your hand because that would be everybody. Except for those not listening. Because isn't it the truth? We don't know God's will because we haven't spent time in God's Word, so therefore we react uh, you know, impulsively. We uh, do the wrong things by the very power of our flesh. That's how we react, and we hurt people. We endanger ourselves. It's a mess. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a train wreck. Look at him and say, it's a train wreck. It's a train wreck when we don't listen to God's Word and the Holy Spirit. So when we... Don't listen to God's Word and the Spirit. We won't know the will of God and we'll make some major mistakes. And I wish I could tell you that that's where it ends. A few mistakes. 
But even though our failures aren't fatal, because God forgives, shame, embarrassment, and self-condemnation guilt us. Right? We haven't listened, so we don't know God's will. We make some major mistakes, and it would be okay if it ended there, but... Everybody say, but. But, I mean, because God offers forgiveness, but then there's that ugly shame, embarrassment, and self-condemnation that comes around and starts to guilt us. So here's what we do. We ease up off the accelerator in our walk with the Lord because we feel ashamed. We feel embarrassed. We feel self-condemned. What a loser I am. I'm not worthy. I'm unworthy. I, I just can't show my face over there anymore. And so we ease up off the accelerator in our walk with the Lord. We slow down and we fall behind. That's what happened to Peter. Watch what happens. Having arrested Jesus, they led Him and brought Him into the high priest's house. Everybody say, but Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. So they arrest Jesus, take Him to the high priest's home for the trial to begin or a pre-trial to begin. And Peter follows from a distance. Now, unlike some of the other disciples, Peter didn't abandon the Lord completely. He just followed from afar. You know, he made a blooper. He should have been surrendered to the will of God. Lord, this is your plan, not my will, but yours be done. You're going to be taken, arrested. You're going to be tried. You're going to be tortured. You're going to be crucified. I'll have to accept that. But no, he made a blooper. He wanted to defend Jesus. He wanted to stop them. You know, and you know he wasn't aiming for the guy's ear. That's just all he swished off. But, but, but he, he makes a blooper. Jesus actually helps him out by healing the guy or Peter would have been put down. And Jesus helps Peter out. And now Peter's feeling ashamed. He's feeling unworthy. He's feeling just totally self-condemned. And so now he lets up off the gas and he starts following from a distance. He didn't abandon the Lord completely. He just followed from afar. Everybody said, from what? From afar. Maybe you can identify your mistake or failure belittles you, condemns you. So you become distant. You slack in your devotions. You decrease in your church attendance. You cut back on listening to K-Love or teaching CDs. It's not a complete stop, but a slow and gradual decrease. Beware! Everybody say it out loud, what? Beware! Because if you're not moving forward, you're drifting away. Our time with you is coming to an end today on The Simple Truth. We're so glad that you joined us for Pastor Dion's teaching in the Gospel of Luke. There's much more to learn from this narrative of Jesus' life, so we hope you'll tune in again. If you're listening in the Española area right now, we'd like to extend an invitation for you to join us for our weekly services at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. 
Come by at 9 or 11 a.m. to spend time with us in worship, Bible study, and fellowship with one another. We also meet on Wednesday evenings for a Bible study beginning at 7. You'll find directions and more information about Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel when you visit tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, you can still join us virtually through Facebook Live. Just follow the link to our Facebook page at tmcalvary.com and tune in this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. While you're at our website, you'll also be able to access our archive of previous teachings on various books of the Bible by Pastor Dion. Just click on Sermons at the top of the page to open our audio archive or visit our YouTube page to experience the service through video. Feel free to share these links with anyone in your life that you think would benefit from hearing the simple truth of God's Word. We're so glad that you joined us today on The Simple Truth. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Luke and discover more about Jesus and what his life and ministry means to you. Then join us next time for Pastor Dion's continuing verse-by-verse study right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.